Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 147. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, Who's obsessed with looking at things in a microscope? Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and you're listening to session 147 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast, and I'm so happy today because we're joined by some of my favorite people in the world with us today. Three people, actually, not one after another, but all at the same time. We're talking to Corbett Barr, Chase Reeves, and Barrett Brooks also known as the three amigos from fizzle.co, one of the most well-run, highly engaged, and also super highest quality membership sites that you can get out there, especially in the online business space. Again, fizzle.co. And we're going to talk to all three of them about what it takes to run their membership site. So for those of you out there who are wanting to run a membership site of your own or who are thinking about it, or maybe you're doing it already, uh, they're going to give you a lot of honest information about really what it takes because membership sites in the passive income world are almost considered the holy grail. And I put that in air quotes, the holy grail of passive income, because when you think about it, you get people paying month after month to be in there. And if you can keep people in, more people will keep coming and your your monthly income will continue to grow. And the cool thing about having people in a membership site like this is you can almost predict how much money you're going to make as opposed to if you're just selling one-off products or like me, affiliate products, you aren't necessarily sure what your month is going to look like until it's close to the end of the month. So you're going to get the real deal here. And you may remember Corbett Barr, actually, from earlier episodes of the Smart Passive Income podcast. Back when he was blogging at thinktraffic.net, he was helping us with traffic strategies. And some of those episodes in, in the early days were some of the more popular episodes, actually. And we have him on again with Chase, who you may know as being responsible for the design. He's a designer and, and a creative type. Uh, he was responsible for the design or the first iteration of the new design of the Smart Passive Income blog, which you can find at smartpassiveincome.com. And also Barrett Brooks, who is the person who is pretty much in charge of uh, the member results, you know, making sure that the members are getting results and they're happy and they're joining the community and that sort of thing. Um, Corbett has a lot of gold and information. I mean, all of them do, but Corbett, especially at the end, he just drops 
a lot of knowledge bombs about what it really takes to to keep a membership site going and a lot of the tools that they use that I've never really even heard of before that are helping maintain the engine that is fizzle.co. It's a community that I'm also a part of. I've also contributed a course on affiliate marketing into fizzle.co as well. Super fun, super crazy guys. And you're going to hear Chase and some of his impressions. It's just, man, this is, this is going to be fun. So let's get to the interview right now again from the crew at fizzle.co. What's up, everybody? I'm so excited and and very nervous because uh, I have amazing people on the show today who I admire and I love, and they're great friends. We have Corbett, Chase, and Barrett from Fizzle.co, the Fizzle Crew, the Fizzle Crew. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> What's up, Pat? You're nervous. What about us? This is yeah. like the big stage for us. Yeah, this is like bright bright lights. I don't know if I if if, if you're catching the right side of my face or not, and I'm just going to go with it anyways. Every side of your face is the right face. Oh Jeez. god, see, you're already putting me at ease. You're so good. That's what I do. I try to make everybody feel comfortable. Um, Barrett hasn't said a word yet, so I don't know if I'm. Well, doing I was going to say, I, I feel like I should measure my life before SPI and then after <laughs> and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I think so, this is one of those one of those watermarks. We'll split test that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody out there listening, uh, Corbett, Chase, and Barrett are the guys behind Fizzle.co, probably the most engaged and, and honest online marketing membership site you can go to get crazy education, amazing videos. I've been on uh, doing a couple courses for them as well, and, and I'm so happy to have them come on today to talk about how to run a successful membership site. I feel like you know in the world of online business, membership sites are sort of the holy grail of passive income, right? Because you can get people to continually pay you every month, but obviously, if you're having people continue to pay every month, you have to give them stuff every month, and you guys give more than any other membership site I've ever been a part of. I'm a part of Fizzle myself. I rocked the t-shirt yesterday, uh, Heart and Hustle, oh, and nice. uh, um, dude, love it. I love what you guys are doing. So first of all, just let me welcome Corbett back to the show. Corbett's been on the show a couple times in the past when he was back at thinktraffic.net, and he's since made a shift to create what's called Fizzle. And so what, uh, Corbett, uh, re- reintroduce yourself really quick and talk about how you went from Think Traffic, which is where we know you from, and all the amazing traffic advice you gave in those previous episodes, to now this amazing membership site that you've built. Well, at some point, you know, I think I always thought of myself as maybe being a lone wolf, you know, just um, the the Chris Gillibo types or Leo Babauta or Seth Godin or whatever, these guys who kind of operate on their own. And I think you've been in this camp for a while, Pat, although now you have a team mm-hmm. um, and that's changing. And so for me, at some point, um, I brought Caleb on, who uh, has been a friend of the show as well, Caleb Wojcik. And I like that. I like that um, renewed sense of vigor that I had with working with someone else. and. Little did I know, at some point, my path would cross with Chase Reeves at a conference, and um, he came on to redesign Think Traffic a while back. This was three years ago now or something. And um, we really enjoyed working together, and I started to realize that myself and even as a team with Caleb, we had some limitations in terms of what we could do and the impact that we wanted to have. And um, it started to become clear that we could do a lot more if we brought other skills on the team, especially around um, design, uh, video production skills. Caleb has uh, added a lot of those, obviously, but um, Chase brought a lot to the table with that. And so we started thinking about working together as a team, the three of us. And we also started thinking about how could we build something that was um, more stable, that felt like it was, you know, on solid bedrock instead of having to resell and, and, uh, re 
gain new customers every month? How could we, you know, have the same customers from month to month and watch them progress in their journey? And really, you know, when it comes down to trying to help people with any sort of business skills, building a business is a, is a multi-month, multi-year sort of project. And so for anyone to say, hey, I have this course and in four weeks, I'm going to take you from nothing to full-fledged business is just horse pucky, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and so with fizzle, you know, we figured if this is going to be something that takes someone a year or two years, let's build something that has a full toolkit, everything that they need and is at a price they can afford so they can actually be around for the couple of years as they're making progress. We can follow their journey and then we can take credit for everything that they do. Over a couple of years, right? Yeah, some of the success stories coming out of fizzle.co have been amazing. And of course, all the courses that you get these experts to come on and share all these interesting insights and, um, you know, really deliver so much value in a way that I've really never seen anybody do it before. And and I want to get to to Chase now. Chase, you and I have worked together before. A lot of the people out there listening know that you had a direct influence on the major way that the site looks now, SPI. I mean, you came over to San Diego. We, you got to stay with my family for a while and um, actually lock yourself in my office and you would just sit there and design and call me in, uh, upstairs and be like, hey, Pat, what do you think of this? And, and then you'd send me back down and wouldn't want to talk to me for a while and then you'd bring me back up again. And that whole experience was, uh, was amazing. So I, 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 can, I can only imagine what value you have provided for, for, for Corbett and, and, and Fizzle. Talk about really quick what's, what's been your experience like. And, and first of all, just welcome to the show. Uh, it's really cool to have you here. Well, thank you, Pat. I'm just excited to be here. Sorry, I was going to try to do it full on. You know, mostly I'm just a song and dance act. I just love dancing and I love acting. And so I brought a lot of those skills and talents to fizzle. Here we go. (laughs) It started already. For those of you who don't know, Chase is an amazing personality, probably one of the funniest guys I ever know, and the champion of the um, impressions Cards. I'm no, I'm no podcast podcast. quality impressions only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no Chris Ducker though. I'm no, I'm no Chris Ducker. I can't do, uh, I can't do what he does. But uh, no, he does De Niro close. very well. Is De Niro? Sure. I, I, I had a dream last night about like making the bio on my Twitter account. Like, I am a, you know, a podcaster at Fizzle, uh, and and one of the world's best worst De Niro impersonators. Where it's like you just have a video doing like like where it's so funny because it's so bad. That would be me actually trying to do my De Niro. And it would take the pressure off. You Perfect. did do a Herrick Dalpern oh, impression man. though, which is classic. Fun. I have to link to this in the show notes. For, for everybody out there, uh, Chase did a video of him being Derek Halpern and and I was No, literally- no, no. This is actually not me. This is an actual I found a guy called Herrick Dalpern mm-hmm. who's it literally got Deep a Site inside called your soul. Social Riggers, <laughs> socialriggers.com. And uh, and he helps people like psychology, marketing stuff, uh, a lot of jam talk. Yeah, and yeah. I'll put the video up on, on the show notes. It's just, I mean, so I, I just was... helped him make the video because I thought he had some skills, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so... I was in tears. But t- talk about Fizzle really quick. What's been your experience like being <laughs> in it? And then what, why don't you get into, you know, you, you're deep into Fizzle. What are some of the challenges that you guys are facing as you've sort of built this membership site? Um, well, those are some good questions, Pat. Uh, let's see. So for me, getting into Fizzle, I, I, my, my title, our titles mean effectively zero uh, because we're a three-person team. We all wear all the hats all the time and uh, we have a bunch of hats. So I am the creative director uh, in title alone. But that does mean, I mean, I'm the designer. I've always been a designer and sort of the, the, the person who really cares about what this feels like out in the world. I always want... Um, 
I'm, that's just something I'm, I've just always been really sensitive to. I don't know if you guys resonate with this, but for me, like the shirt, the band shirt that I wore in the high school cafeteria, like that was probably one of the bigger decisions I made in any, any particular day. <laughs> like I just wanted to make sure that, that people knew I was this and not that and this and not that. I was a rocker, not a rapper. I was a blader, not a skater, right? Pat and I share some of the fruit totally. technology. Mm-hmm. Boogie uh, but, Agro but skater. I'm not, in, I'm not in, a boogie In Pat's case. I am not a sponger. I do not do that. Hey. But um, so for, for some reason, my, deep, my deep-seated insecurities led to uh, being able to create my own image about myself and about the things that I made. And that, that took me towards, towards being this designer type. So it's, like a, it's, it's sort of like a, a knee-jerk reaction for me. If I see something that we put out and I'm just like, Ugh, like I, I can't stop the feeling, mm-hmm. you know? So it's always, it, 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 it's like a compulsion. It's like an OCD. Um, but that's also a, a source of, of having taste. I think design and, and most of what we all do on the, on the web, how do we be trustworthy? We have good taste. You don't put something out that looks cheesy and sleazy and crappy. That's going to uh, elicit those kinds of feelings in a, in a visitor from who knows where they're coming from. You don't want to elicit those feelings, right? So um, that's what my, I guess, job title is in Fizzle. But, but really what we all do, what our bread and butter is, is we make courses. And, and I do have a, a course in there on web design, which uh, for people who aren't designers, and I'm really proud of that one about the productivity course. And I think more than anything else, I've, I've always been sort of a writer and communicator in a designy kind of way. Mm-hmm. So bringing that to Fizzle is really fulfilling for me because uh, like, for instance, a really short and sweet course that I did on productivity, there's, there's just a handful of hard hitting, le- like, you know, four minute lessons in there that generate so much talk in the forums of people just going like, oh, you killed me with this one. I see exactly the problems that I was making. And that's, I think, what I get off on. That's what I really love. I I always want to create an emotional experience with someone. I have a friend named Don who's this big, big time writer guy. And so I listen when he speaks and he told me, Chase, you're a writer. You want, you want to have an emotional experience. You want to create an emotional experience with the people on the other side of the book or the monitor or the internet or whatever, right? And, I, and I, that's always been something that's kind of guided me because it, it's so true when you hear someone else speak something like that to you. So in my courses, in the posts, in the podcasts that we make and all this stuff, we're, we're really trying to connect back to, like you mentioned, the shirt is heart and hustle. And I just heard someone tweet yesterday about like the fizzles, like the place for heart centered entrepreneurs, you know, and I don't want to be too cheesy and, you know, like February 14th, get your Hallmark cards about it. But it really is an important piece of what it's like to do to do a solopreneur type thing or a small team type thing where you're putting your butt on the line to make something and your families, you know, what they what you get to eat with your family, like depends on this thing. Mm-hmm. This is your dream. This is your, this is your excitement. This is your engagement. This is your, your chance for, for making something. And for those of us who have this unfortunate itch, we just have to scratch it. That's the people that we go all in on at Fizzle. And, and I guess I, I, when you talk about what the challenges are, there's so many challenges. Um, yeah, right talk, now, about, talk about that because I know a lot of people, they're like, you know, they, they see membership sites as sort of the holy grail of passive income and they want, oh, they want to do it. But what should they be paying attention to or looking out for before they get into it It, well it's the worst it's the worst thing in the world you never get to stop working (laughs) i mean it's one thing if you're like oh i want to put out a site and it's it's just got a course on it and then yeah you just just hope people don't cancel their membership to keep having access to that one course or some little the forum module that you have there's this talk that i'll send you a link to pat so you can put it in the show notes it's my favorite thing that i've ever found about business my best the favorite thing of learning by a lady named kathy sierra she's a veteran of the tech world she's way more wise than than anybody else I tend to listen to about this stuff. And she has this talk called Minimum Viable Badass. 
right? And she says, the point of us businesses, if you want the word of mouth marketing, if you want people to talk about you, you cannot make your app awesome. You can't be competing on app awesome. You have to compete on user awesome. Making your users awesome. Designing not for your users, but for their conversations that the users are going to have with their friends. And it, the, she gets into a bunch of stuff about how we do that. And it's, it's, I watch it every single year. I just got done watching it recently. And I love it. And so for us in Fizzle, we're really trying, like we're idealists in some ways. At least I am. I keep the idealist flame alive. Corbett's like, listen, I've been here forever. I know how this works. You're not going to, okay, if you want to try that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm trying, we, we, we have this great tension and balance to keep that sort of ideal alive that we can, uh, we can optimize for uh, minimum viable bad act of our audience, trying to make every person that signs up for Fizzle a bad act, however they define it, right? And, and how, how do you do that though? Well, they, they have questions. You know exactly how people are like, I, I have an idea. I don't know if it's a good one or not. Or they don't know what they don't know, right? That's the thing that always used to get, get me as I look back at my own story, right? I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know how hard it's going to be. I don't know what I don't know about this stuff. So I'm trying constantly. We have this other small course on the mindset uh, of being an entrepreneur. And it's just like, these are the expectations you're allowed to have. And this is a, an exercise to try to get to know what expectations you do have hidden within your heart about this thing because you normally don't know the expectations that you have when you're doing a business like this. We see this over and over and over again with entrepreneurs of this nature that you don't know the expectations you have until you get disappointed. And now it's not just that this didn't work. It's that I'm broken. I'm screwed up. I'm not good enough to be an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not, not bad, bad, bad. Right. And that's, I think what we've defined as the ultimate failure is when you when you give up on yourself, kind of, because this idea it probably isn't going to work, but you have a higher statistical chance of, of the next one working. And if that one not, then the next one, you're learning this like a skill. It's like changing tires on a car or, or fixing things around the house. This is, this is what it's like to build a business and it's not rocket science. And there's also isn't a gadget that can just give you like an, another hundred percent viable business opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And when the, the moment that that happens, is the moment that this stops being a viable, uh, viable career choice for most of us. It's like Google just move in and, and then we all get to work for Google now, I guess, you know? Right. right. Yeah. Hey, Barry, I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, and first of all, just introduce you to everybody. Uh, why don't you talk about your role in Fizzle really quick? Sure. So like Jay said, I mean, we all do everything, but my role is director of member success, which means everything from resetting people's passwords to, hopping on a phone call with uh, one of our customers who is having a business challenge. Um, so kind of everything in between that has to do with serving our customers kind of outside of the course realm, outside of the design and, and building the platform realm. And what is it that you do? I mean, even all of you, but you can speak to this, Barrett. How, what do you guys do to keep people happy? Like, yes, the contact with you, I think, is obviously helpful. But, you know, in your membership site in whole, I mean, the benefit of having a membership site as a business owner is having people keep you know, staying in there and paying month after month, what, what can people do to make sure that their members are wanting to stay in and would, would even feel bad about leaving, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I mean, my goal is always to create an experience where when a customer decides it's time to leave, it's painful for them and they, they really feel sad and like they don't want to leave the community because it's that valuable and, it's, it's that essential to building their business and building their friendships and everything else. And so, I mean, it, delight is this buzzword in the, in the startup community these days. Yeah. But for us, we really do try and truly delight our, our customers, whether it's in an email interaction when they're canceling 
or whether it's when they're dealing with a really deep-seated personal issue, maybe a parent just died, or when it's them having a business challenge. And at least for me, and I think I speak for all of us, I mean, I take it very personally when someone leaves Fizzle because we want people to come and want to stay and, and to build community and to build their business with Fizzle being a core part of that. And so that looks like a lot of things. It looks like proactively engaging people through uh, sometimes automated emails, sometimes personal emails with um, trying to get them engaged or asking them what we can help with. Uh, it looks like a weekly email we send out called This Week in Fizzle that shows them all the most active or interesting conversations going on in the forums for that week. So they have kind of an easier way to sift through everything in there. Um, it looks like, you know, we just had a fizzler uh, lose a job and he had to leave fizzle for a little while. And it was really, it was painful for him. I mean, he said those words in his exit interview and uh, I emailed him back and I said, listen, have a month on us. Uh, you know, losing your job is not your fault. And uh, we're happy to keep you around for this time to get you back on your feet. And so it, it's this wide range of things and there's no hard rules about it. It's listening to your customers, responding when it's appropriate and going out of your way to create a great experience that you would want to have as a human. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And, and upfront, you know, um, the, I think you're at the greatest risk of losing people within the first 30 or 60 days. And, and really the, what that hinges on is whether or not they experience, um, all that we have to offer. You know, somebody signs up, we have a dollar trial that's running and that means somebody can get in for, you know, nothing, you know, whatever they've got in their pocket, a dollar. And a lot of times people sign up with the intention of building a business or with the intention of using all that Fizzle has to offer. And then it becomes our job to turn that intention into experience, right? So that they actually get in and they see that we have hundreds of hours of video training and that we have weekly yeah. coaching calls and all of these other things that we have. But when somebody signs up, you know, they're like, okay, sure, it's a dollar. I'll check it out. It, they can easily wander off, you know, for the next three or four weeks during their trial and kind of forget about us, forget about that moment they had with us where they decided to sign up. And so really, you know, the name of the game for any membership site, I think, is this onboarding process or this activation process where you have this critical time where you got to walk people through and show them the value that you can deliver. And we know that Fizzle is incredibly valuable. Um, for $35 a month, you're not going to get anything close to this anywhere else online. And we, we can really say that and believe in it. And so we just have to make sure that people actually experience that value. Once they've gotten through that period of, you know, the first 30 or 60 days or so, they've gone through a, a full billing cycle, then um, they're far less likely to leave. Um, then it becomes more of what Barrett's talking about and really making sure that people um, remember deep in their being, whatever it is, why they signed up and why they want to build a business because it's really easy to kind of forget about that stuff when life gets in the way, when it yeah. gets a lot harder, all the stuff that Chase was talking about that's going on emotionally within the entrepreneur. Right, absolutely. Definitely keeping your your members, you know, helping remind them why they're there in the first place, especially down the, down the long run is, is huge. And there are different strategies for doing that at certain moments, for example, the month before, you know, the, the next, uh, you know, the, you know, after the month before the year is up or something, you know, people send out emails just to remind them about how awesome, you know, their membership has been and things like that. But talk about, again, I, I love what you mentioned about this onboarding process, the first 30 to 60 days, which is crucial. What are some specific things you guys do to make sure that onboarding process is great, that, that there's a great first impression that people are easily guided through, you know, the massive amounts of content in, in your membership? Well, um, first thing we did was uh, we made, this goes all the way back to our alpha, actually 
yeah, alpha days. We did an alpha launch and then a beta launch, just getting 150 people in on each one of those and like letting a kind of a month and a half sit between them so that we could really understand what this thing is in there, how they're using it, right? So even in that alpha release, we ha- we made like a, a welcome video type thing that just shows like how to use the thing. But really early on, it was, it was, st- it was funny and it was, and it was kind of, I don't know, it was just kitschy and funny and, 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 it felt like there was an energy and a real, real people in this thing, right? I, I, I'm, I never really buy any online stuff, but I, everything that I see out there feels kind of soulless. You know, not everything, but a lot of the things that I see, it just feels like, okay, they, they made this thing and they just pooped it out over here. And, and it just doesn't feel alive in that sense. They're sort of relying on some community to make it feel alive. And we really wanted to, because this was a, a, a basically a, a business advantage that we had, we knew how to be personalities and how to welcome people in and make them feel like, welcome to our house. You're part of our crew now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're a family here. And so we just kind of started started early on with these like inside jokes and little funny bits about what it means to be in fizzle. And I think there's that energy level and all of that takes place in a short little video. But then there's actually learning how to do the stuff. You know, how to, here's how here's how the forum software works. Here, here's how you can just click this button and view all the new stuff since you logged in. Right. And here's here's some of our hottest conversations and things like that. Um, do you do anything so, to get people to interact, you know, quicker than or sooner than later? Like with you, one another? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So something we've done is we've gone and looked at all of our data to say, um, what are the characteristics of someone who sticks around for a very long time and gets a lot of value out of this thing? And we've noticed that time and time again, the people who participate in the community end up sticking around for a long time. And and that makes sense, right? Because what we've heard from our most experienced members is that um, people usually come to Fizzle for the training and they end up staying for the community because that's where the long-term value is, right? You can building a business is really simple, right? You, you create something that someone else wants and charge a fair price for it. And that's basically it. And we can teach you, you know, there's obviously little technology things, but eventually your business education doesn't really need to take that long. You need to start taking a lot of action. And the action comes from being inspired by other people, by being able to ask questions when you get stuck and, um, and by holding yourself accountable to friends, people that you've made friends with. Mm. So really, that's what we want the forums to serve. And we have people right off the bat introduce themselves, tell us what they're working on, um, start a progress log where weekly they come in and, um, and write down, you know, all the things that they're working on, what they expect to accomplish the next week, and then to come back and update everybody on it. And some of the cool uh, threads that you can read in there involve people who were around for a couple of years and started a progress log, you know, way back in, in late 2012, when we first opened up the doors to our, our beta group, people started progress logs and you can follow those progress logs week by week by week to see the progress that they made. And, and when you come into Fizzle now, there are these names around, right? These sort of famous within Fizzle people like um, John Corcoran or Tom Ross or other people who have made it big over the past couple of years. And you can go back to day one and follow their story and see the frustrations that they went through. And, and that's really cool. So we know that you can get a lot of value by participating in the community. And so we do everything we can um, to get people to do that. And, and really, if you're just talking about mechanisms, Pat, um, we send emails to people. We have a tool called uh, Intercom, which allows us to send behavioral emails. So we can say, if someone has been a member for two weeks and they haven't logged into the forum yet, send them this kind of message. If they've been mm-hmm. a member for three weeks and they haven't um, you know, added anything to the forum, send them this kind of message. Mm-hmm. We also can do in-app pop-ups to say, when they log in, 
Um, Barrett's been doing all this cool stuff with in-app pop-ups where when you click on a, a page for the first time, you get this little thing with Barrett's uh, pretty little face on there saying, hey, this is your first time visiting the forums. Here are a few things that I want you to know. That's so cool. And then we can send them off to a specific sort of video to show them how to use it. All kinds of different things. Is that um, through Intercom as well, the in-app stuff? Yeah, intercom.io. It's it's a really great app and we use it every day. We actually use it for customer support as well. That's very cool. So the forums seem like, I mean, a crucial component to to the success of the membership site, right? Yeah, I think so. That's where the that's really where the pulse of the members is happening. If you didn't have some sort of community there, um, there's no water cooler. It doesn't really feel like a community, right? It's just a, a training platform. And and training platforms can work as well. Obviously, lynda.com is huge and successful, and they don't have much of a community. But with lynda.com, you're going in to learn Photoshop or something, and it's not necessarily a multi-month or multi-year journey. For us, really, at the end of the day, our job is to keep people from quitting because that's the that's the default behavior. You have this dream of being an entrepreneur and eventually you quit. That's what happens to most businesses. And so our goal is to keep people from quitting. And the best way we've found to do that is to get people plugged into a support group where they see that it's the social norm amongst that group to just keep on keeping on, keep your head down and do the work. And um, also so that when they're in that dark time, as an entrepreneur, you know, we all were there multiple times where we just felt like we just can't keep going or we were stupid forever trying. Mm -hmm. There's that group there to keep them going. And so that's why the community is so important for us. And the community is not just within the forums. We also, um, Barrett, you can tell him about, you know, all the other things that we do that are outside of the forums to get people together. Yeah, definitely. So a couple other things we do is uh, every Friday we have a call with one of the three of us called Fizzle Friday. And it's basically an hour where our customers can hop on the uh, a call with us on GoToMeeting and hop on video camera, ask questions that are very personal to their business. Um, and that's really cool. It's almost like a, it's not quite a webinar. It's more of like a group chat or group coaching in some ways where yeah. everyone can listen to other fizzlers, share their challenges and either relate to them or jump in and offer advice based on what they've experienced. Uh, then once a month, we also do a call called Office Hours, which is more of a webinar style. It's more us talking to people. Uh, and many more usually attend that one and they submit questions ahead of time that again are specific to their business, but also that can be related to by other fizzlers. And that's always a lot of fun. And then we do a lot where we're actively monitoring the forums and that's been both a challenge and a joy of the job that I do is there's a ton of volume in our forums. And for us to go through all of that is number one, really important to us and number two, really hard. Uh, but that allows us to see when somebody's kind of raising their hand and saying, Hey, I'm really struggling right now, or I'm at that break point, we can get in there and help them if no one else has jumped in yet. So sure. those are a few things we're doing. Is the forum able to run on its own now, or are you guys still popping in there to keep things going? We definitely still pop in there, um, pretty regularly. I mean, I'm in there daily, uh, doing kind of a canvas of everything going on. And then I kind of play quarterback to tell Corbett or Chase when they need to jump into a thread that's particularly relevant to their realm of expertise or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to know from each of you, uh, how, how much time is this taking? Because I feel like a lot of people expect to almost set up a membership site, put on a forum to take advantage of these of the community, and then just almost set it and forget it. But it doesn't sound like that. It's, it's that's the case. It sounds like you guys are doing a lot of hard work to keep everybody happy. Yeah, I think I think that you know, you can set the expectations however you want and you can put as much value on your forums as you want. I think for some people, um, 
you know, having a forum can be just sort of a little add-on thing. For us, it's really central mm-hmm. um, for all the reasons that I just said. So we want to make sure that it's as vibrant as possible. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that it's not active on its own. It is. Um, we have, I, I don't know, at last count, um, thousand messages a day or something. Does that sound right, Barrett? Yeah. We have, we have, you know, tens of thousands of posts in there. That's crazy. And, uh, and, and it's very active and people are in there helping each other, but that doesn't mean that there's not important questions going unanswered occasionally. And, and really that's, for us, that's a critical time. You know, that's when you're in danger of losing someone. When somebody's in there saying, oh my God, I'm struggling with this. I can't figure it out. And then you, you go back a week later and you see that that person left, that person canceled and you feel so bad because if they had just gotten an answer to their question, you might've saved them, you know, or, or changed their whole direction. Right. Yeah. So, so that's really what we're trying to prevent. And it doesn't mean that if you run a membership site, you have to do that, but we've just said, you know, that's a critical piece for us. Um, so we do that, we do that personally. We also have a, a group of people that we've designated as fizzle whizzes who are sort of, you know, have go- gone above and beyond to provide value and they're in there helping people every day. Um, we know, you know, from our friend Steve Cam, uh, another uh, site that Chase designed actually over at Nerd Fitness, he has a very active forum and, you know, it got to the point where it was taking him too much time and he couldn't really run his business anymore. And so he he took, you know, very um, intentional steps to um, – bring on a lot of moderators to help out. And, and that's certainly another direction you could go. And, um, Chase and Barrett and I have actually been talking very recently about, okay, what does this look like now that we've, we've scaled up, we're closing in on 1500 members. How do we make sure that we can grow this thing without burning ourselves out? Mm -hmm. Chase, how much time do you spend in, in, on all that you do? Maybe let's say like each week on fizzle stuff. I think it's it's comparable to the the forty hours a week thing. It's hard for me as a I'm a total I'm like a, a total I don't know I'm a I'm a prima donna type right like I'm like oh I haven't been creative today when am I going to get to be creative <laughs> I used to just make things I liked for a living and now I'm just oh god I don't know what writing headlines or something right and I don't I, I so I'm like this I uh, these two guys Corbett and Barrett are just uh, like actual like they're actual business people they're like they're like oh yeah let's look at the numbers and all this stuff and i'm just like i want to make something cool i want to make something that people go dude you didn't need to spend that much time on that but i'm glad you did you know i want to make great stuff that that feels good to, to take in um and and for that for that reason like this is like the funnest game to me right so that my favorite my favorite uh, some people like to make puzzles and some people like to play card games my favorite puzzle and card game to play is making a business with corbin and barrett right it's just like it's so fun for me so i spend a lot of time thinking through stuff and just about everything i do if i had to put an hour on it i mean i'm, I'm I, I i clock in at at eight o'clock i clock out at, at five o'clock when my brain's dead and i can no longer provide much value so i mean it's like a 40 to 50 hour uh, a week thing but i'm doing it's fun. it's really fun. I mean, these are people who are really trying to build something, and we get to play a really important role in them realizing. Uh, just I don't know how go- how capable they are of this. I guess you know. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. How about you, Bear? Are you along the same lines as as Corbett and Chase in terms of of yeah, of definitely. Hours? And uh, as Corbett said, as we've continued to grow in membership, my kind of hours dedicated to it have grown a little bit. Um, but I think we're all kind of full time on this and, and we look at that as an opportunity to do the work that we feel like we're meant to do right now. And uh, some weeks are more stressful than others, just like uh, any job would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're all full time. We're putting a lot of effort into it and we're having fun, too. The yeah. thing is, though, the way we work is we're flexible. Like, yeah. 
we can go to the grocery store at noon and we can go work out at three and then we can finish our work at 12.30 a.m. or whatever. So I think we all put in commensurate hours and do it when we want to. And I think it's important to, to, to remember that this is still a, a budding business. It's still very early on. We're still, we're, we've been in the last two weeks, we, we've met just about every day and had these long conversations planning out for next year, making sense of last year, doing all this year review stuff. And um, one of the things that, that we're, we've been able to talk about is like, listen, we still don't exactly know what this thing is. We have a lot of experience. We have a lot of, of things that we can say and success stories and a lot of people who are saying, this is what you are to me. Um, and our dream is not to, not to, you know, be drinking Mai Tais on some beach somewhere, though the lifestyle is, is exact, is just as important. It's just that this is actually really fun for all of us, uh, as well as, as meaningful. And we're, we're figuring out exactly what this thing could look like in five years. Could this be a brand that sits right next to lynda.com and MailChimp and Squarespace? Is this, is this the education, uh, arena for all entrepreneurs in 10 years? Right? Is this something that you have a fizzle membership when you when you go to the to university to be a business uh, major or something like that? Like that, right? Is this instead of college we do this? There's all of this explosive opportunity for us uh, and for just the concept of business, which is like how many people have you met recently that are starting up their own businesses? Like where I am in Portland, it's like everybody. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I'm a new I'm a, I'm a newfound bracelet maker. Yeah, I'm just make bracelets. I sell those. This other guy's over there selling <laughs> lanyards and and jars of. <laughs> <laughs> great jam and stuff but like people are i think this is a trend in, in our culture that isn't going to be going away anytime soon i think this is a resurgence in this and we kind of view these ideas as almost more like a more like open source but you got to put your, you got to bring your butt to the table and actually try this stuff because you're not you're not going to get it on your first try the hardest thing about this is going to be sticking with it you just know? like pat's not going to get a straight answer from us on his first try yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, that's I mean, not that's my happen. job here. I got to, I got to keep digging. Keep yeah. digging. No. Yeah. Uh, so, question for you, Corbett. I mean, how far ahead do you plan for new content to come into the group? I know a lot of people who have had membership sites before, and they have you know content on there, and then they may they may have a couple months of content that they're going to add after that, but then they kind of run out of things. Yeah. So, you guys struggle with sort of what else can we put in here, or should we even put more? Like, what? How much is enough? Too? Definitely, especially now. I mean, you know, in the beginning, we were super gung ho and and really just trying to build up the content library. Uh, and so we put our heads down and just made course after course after course after course. And then this last year, 2014, we were more strategic about it. And we took our foot off the gas a little bit and started looking into, OK, training's important, but how do we fill in the cracks and how do we make this really not just a uh, training platform, but a, a platform that helps people achieve their goals and knowledge is just part of it. You know, really what we need is uh, motivation so that they care to do the work, knowledge so they know how, and then the action so that they're actually doing what they need to be doing. And, and so training is just one part of that. Mm. Um, we have been talking about all the different things that we have. Uh, you know, we mentioned we have the live sessions, the Fizzle Fridays, the training, the community. We have in-person events. Um, and we're trying to figure out how these puzzle pieces fit in. And we're also seeing that just personally as a team, it becomes challenging to come up with new content all the time and to, to put your best foot forward. And also you just run out of things that you can teach people, right? We've, we've taught everybody um, a lot of the, the good things that we know. And now if we want to teach more courses, we kind of need to dig deeper or go out and learn new things that we want to teach people. So, or, or work with, with others like we did exactly. with Book Yourself Solid, right? 
Yep. Yeah. So, so we've, uh, we have a number of guest courses, Pat, you, you did a guest course for us on mm-hmm. affiliate marketing. We've worked with Leo Babauta and Scott Dinsmore. Um, we worked with Michael Port and the book yourself solid team last year to bring an essentials of book yourself solid into fizzle, which is pretty cool. So, you know, I think going forward for us, um, content is a, a little less frequent, a little more curated and intentional to figure out, okay, how does this curriculum fit together so that it's not just we have to put something out every month. It's if we're going to put something out, where does this fit in so that it helps people make more progress in, a, in an important area? And then also, how do we get really high quality content, um, not just from ourselves, but from other people? Yeah, keep, keep going with that. I'm curious because actually I've gotten a lot of questions, especially once I started to ask Pat about people wondering, how does that work when you get other people to come in and provide content for you and your community? Is there any compensation or is that just kind of pro bono or is it just, you know, because of a relationship that you have? How do, I, I think that's an amazing way to expand the content that you have to bring a different sort of style to the plate that your audience might not be used to. And, uh, you know, just obviously deliver more value for your members. But how does how does that work with having those other so, people come on? Yeah. So, you know, for if you look into a, a big company like lynda.com, um, they pay profit sharing basically to people who are their instructors. Or if you look at Creative Live, they do a revenue share for the specific content that you put out. And we've run all kinds of different scenarios through our heads. Uh, and I think at some point we might move to something like that, but we're a tiny bootstrapped three-person team and we can't afford that yet. So what we've done is essentially bartered for courses. You know, in some cases we've talked to friends just out of the goodness of their heart into providing a course. Um, For other people, we've talked about doing some incredible affiliate deals. So they are getting sort of a revenue share, but they have to send us customers in order to get that revenue share. Um, For others, people have done it for the exposure. We had um, John and Dana from Minimalist Baker. Uh, They run this incredible baking site and uh, they just really liked what we were doing and wanted to reach a new audience and and they were willing to participate um, in that for us. Um, In some cases, uh, you know, we have uh, helped people in certain ways with strategic coaching or with design services or something in order to get their content into, inside Fizzle. So we're just making it work however we can. And a lot of times we're just leaning on the relationships that we've built over the past, you know, uh, four or five years, basically. That's really cool. Can you talk about pricing a little bit i mean you i i know because i've i've watched you guys over time you know you guys have tested a lot of things changed a lot of things what has been working out best for you you mentioned this recently this one dollar free trial and i feel like this is the one that you've sort of stuck with the longest you've also tried i think you know seven dollars for seven days or you know one month free and all these other things what has been working best for you guys so we started with um a sort of two-tiered pricing we had a 49 dollar, i think and a 29 dollar. if I think that's what it was. And um, eventually we kind of felt like there was this artificial division between people inside of Fizzle. We didn't want people to feel like they were first class and second class citizens. We wanted people to feel like I have a Fizzle membership. I am a Fizzler and I have access to everything. So so that was part of it. It was just sort of part of our brand message, I think. Um, And the other thing was it's, it's simpler to manage when you just have one price tier. So Eventually, we we uh, converged on one price, $35 a month, and we did some testing, and, and basically, we found that it wasn't statistically significant to say that one versus the other led to more revenue for us. And I know there's a lot of pricing studies out there, and people can come to their own conclusions. But for us, it was worthwhile to say it's simpler, um, it's more on-brand message for us, and it doesn't appear to affect revenue that much. So we have one price. As far as getting people in the door... We've tried everything. We've had, you know, uh, no discount up front. We've tried a uh, free month. We've done the dollar trial. 
Um, and we've even done some other longer periods, like six weeks and things like that. And what we found, uh, we've run experiments a few times, is that for us, the $1 trial makes the most sense because it's the right balance of it's enticing enough to get people in the door. They have some skin in the game, which actually makes them more likely to try it out, to actually use the thing in the first couple of weeks. Um, and so therefore leads to the greatest stick rate over time. With a free trial, the problem is it's really easy to sign up and then just to forget about it because it's like, oh, it's free. I want it. You know, right. um, Put it in your back pocket and forget about it. With a dollar trial, for some reason, there's this little bit of mental connection to say, I paid for that, so I better at least give it a shot, at least try it out. And so we found that that just attracts the right kind of people and um, helps us with our activation, which, as we said in the beginning, is really one of the most important things we do to activate people when they sign up. Nice. Love it. Chase, where where are most of your members coming from? I mean, you guys do the podcast, you have the Sparkline, which is your blog, and all these other things going on. What has been sort of the biggest... Um, sort of way that you've been getting members to come in? Where are they coming from? Well, I mean, I think the, the principally, we've been bloggers for forever. Corbett had Think Traffic for just about five years now, right? And, and he built up a huge audience there. And uh, most of our audience is comprised of, of readers of Think Traffic. Now, for the last year and a half, probably, we've been, we've been growing more and more and more uh, based on a lot of the new blogging and, and podcasting that we do. We know this. a lot of people signing up from the podcast because uh, we're quite proud of the podcast ourselves. That's where I get to do all my real, my real song and dance. Nah, yeah, I, yeah. Just lo- I just love to be on the microphone, uh, <laughs> unless, in case you didn't notice. Um, so, uh, but, and I, what's interesting is, is for instance, like, like you've talked about yourself, Pat, on the microphone, on the podcast, you get so much more of who that person is than you would in their blog post or in, in any piece of writing or something like that. And this is why I love podcasting so much. This is why I've been an avid podcast listener for five years, I guess. And, and so people, when they sign up from the podcast, they really know what they're getting into because most of us on the podcast is like we're answering people's questions and we're being ourselves. We're hamming it up. We're saying like, yeah, a lot of people say this. We've done this. And there's like, that's not, you're going to find, because I mean, like, you know, there's no like real concrete right answer to just about any of these questions. Right. Right. So, uh, so you've got to get people well-versed in the, in the realities of what it's like to do this, this kind of work. So we get a lot of people from the podcast and from blogging and from our email list, you know, so it's all that, that standard smart passive income type stuff where you're putting out things into the world that are helpful and valuable and, and, per, and have your personality on them, trying to find your people and then a way to connect with them because they're not going to sign up on their own. It's very hard to make a compelling enough offer in a podcast, um, but hopefully you get them onto the email list because they see that there's more interesting things going on than just the podcast every Friday morning. And then through that, you share a guide or a handful of other things that, that we've created that are all free stuff. And then they're like, dude, this is really valuable. And Because we're also, half the time, you're convincing them that they can even try to do what's in their heart. You know, it's not just for people who are already doing the business stuff. It's for people who know that they'd one day like to try or even if it's just on the side as a little a little project. Um, so it's it's that same sort of really messy, organic, a lot of connective tissue between all of this crazy content marketing stuff. And then we've also started doing Facebook ads and those are working well. Um, that wasn't like a Facebook ads. Facebook ads. A little bit for me because sometimes the, the picture and the ad that ends up working best is a little like, wait, it's just a picture of a bear's face. What's, <laughs> <laughs> what and if you've seen if you've seen Herrick Dalpern's recent Facebook ads of the King Kong stuff, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, that's true. But, but, uh, but uh, so we've done some Facebook ads. I mean, what, what am I missing, Corbett? 
That's it. I mean, and one of the key learnings for us is that um, people sometimes need or oftentimes need a long selling period before they sign up, even though it's a dollar trial. People sign up all the time who are like, oh, yeah, I've been following you since 2010. And, and just decided to sign up for Fizzle. And you're wondering like, what was it that we said recently? And it's not about you. It's about them and what changed in their lives and how, you know, like, like Chase said, they had this desire in their hearts and they finally got to a place in their lives where they were able to admit to themselves that it's time to try. And so your job isn't to cram your thing down their throat every day or every week because you lose people and they move on and they'll find someone else. So our job instead is just to be a, uh, a polite friend there to listen, you know, or, or there to, to talk to them about what could be in the future and then, um, to be there when they're ready. And so, and so the podcast for us, a lot of times is not about direct sales. It's just about warming people up and, and getting them comfortable with who we are and, um, helping them come around to this idea eventually of, you know, it, I do owe it to myself to try building a business. I know it's going to be hard. I know my family is going to wonder what I'm doing. I know my boss isn't going to like it. Um, but I owe it to myself because I really do have one life and I'm not getting any younger. And, um, it might take 10 years to succeed or five years or two years or whatever, if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, but it'll all be worth it in the end. Awesome. Thank you for that. And to finish up, uh, Corbett, I'm going to ask you a couple rapid fire questions and then I want to go down the line with everybody. Um, giving us your best tip for running a membership site. So Corbett, really quick, what software are you using to sort of deliver your membership site or where, what platform is it on? Yeah, so everything's based on WordPress. We use a plugin uh, called Paid Memberships Pro to actually uh, you know, take people's credit cards through uh, the Stripe payment platform. And we've heavily customized that. In fact, uh, we don't really use those plugins anymore. They're kind of buried deep within our system architecture, um, but we aren't able to stay on the upgrade path because we've customized things enough for us. If I were looking today, I'd consider Paid Memberships Pro. I'd look at Memberful. Um, I'd look at Member Mouse. There are four or five, you know, wish list. There are four or five top plugins that do what you want. Um, we really love the Stripe payments platform, and that would be a requirement for me, actually, that uh, whatever membership plugin I used accepted Stripe. Are you accepting PayPal? We do not accept PayPal. And um, in the beginning, you know, that was a decision for us basically to just to streamline things and to get our beta out there without worrying about it. But then eventually we just noticed that nobody asks anymore whether or not we accept PayPal. Um, everybody has a credit card. Uh, I, I think maybe Barrett can speak to this better. Maybe we get a couple of inquiries in a month, but it doesn't seem to really affect our overall volume. And, and we know of plenty of big businesses that don't accept PayPal as well. So. Right, right. Um, where are your videos hosted, the videos that are shown in the platform? Those are on Wistia, and we absolutely love Wistia for all the features they have and, and the stats that they show us as well. Um, forum software. For forums, we are using IP board. IP board, great. And then do you have any tools to keep track of metrics and things like that where you can maybe get like a snapshot of how your business is doing? I think that's one of the struggles people have with membership site. They don't necessarily know who's using what and how, you know, their churn and all that stuff. Are you? Do you have any fancy software for, for that type of stuff? Yeah, we do. So, um, you know, whatever membership plugin you use will have a little bit of that baked in. But what we've had to do is um, we use a, a tool called Gecko Board, which is like a dashboard, a metrics reporting dashboard. And you can feed Gecko Board any sort of data you want. Now, this might require... Um, you know, if you don't know how to manipulate databases and ask questions yourself, maybe you'll need to hire somebody, but it's, it's very worth it to say, we know what our trial conversion rates are on a weekly basis.
basis, our churn rate, how many people sign up, uh, what percentage of people who sign up are um, posting in the forums, how many hours of video people are watching, all of these different things we're able to watch so that we can hopefully spot trends before they happen uh, or as they're happening so that we don't get three months down the road with you know half of our membership numbers and wonder what happened. We're able to sort of kind of keep our, uh, our finger on the pulse. That's sweet. Thank you for that. So that's Gecko Board. Is it, am I missing anything else in that sort of realm of, you know, what tools are you using? No, I mean, the other thing is, you know, um, managing just all the different content that we need to produce is challenging. And so we try to stay on top of that just as a team. Um, we're heavy Slack users since we have three of us uh, oh. and we're we're located around the world. You guys use Slack, Slack too? Slack is my favorite thing in the world. It's cut out so much email. It's just so much easier to communicate with the team. I think it, it was... Caleb, when he was with you guys, he told me about it and I've been using it and I've since shared it. Michael Hyatt uses it now. I mean, it's probably my top most favorite software of this past year. Yeah, I'd say it's it's our most important at this point um, piece of software that we use as, as a team. And then we use Asana for um, team task management. And that's helpful as well, just to keep track of when's the podcast coming out? Who's writing the blog this week? You know, where is that course in production? Who's up uh, to handle Fizzle Friday this week? There's all these different things that we need to track and, and we couldn't do it without Asana. Perfect. All that information was golden. I can I can see some of the people listening to this, like <laughs> pulling over and starting to take notes or something. And I guess also to be mentioned, I mean, we did mention intercom for all of our customers yes. support and all that stuff, but also MailChimp is a massive part of our business That's uh, true. with MailChimp's automation stuff. We moved, uh, when I came on the team, I basically forced us to move off of Aweber, uh, to MailChimp for a lot of reasons. But, uh, but it's and and at the time, like we kind of it was like Corbett was just like, yeah, let's try it, let's do it, whatever, let's try it, and and we had a list of you know fifty thousand people or something, and, and then Aweber spammed our whole list a bunch. We made it; it was a user error thing, and we lost a bunch of people. But anyways, we brought into into Mailchimp, and Mailchimp's new automation features that they've put together, I don't know, in the last month or so, have been just sensational. To put together a little like email course kind of thing, we have a thirty day challenge that anybody can sign up for, where it's like, hey, I want to ship anything. It could be a new blog. It could be a product. It could be a podcast. It could be whatever. And it's just these simple steps that Corbett identified. And every every day or two, you get another email that says, okay, now this is the stage that you're at. Go do this. Get it done. I'll be back in, in another day. Right? That kind of stuff is so valuable. In, in, I don't know. The inbox is still such a valuable tool when it's used by something like that instead of like a we've got a black friday sale and you seem like a valuable customer mr customer x793272 you know stuff like that so mailchimp ends up being a really big really big part of our business thank you for that and and barrett let's start with you in terms of one final tip that you have based on your role and your experience with fizzle to help somebody out there who's either got a membership site and maybe is struggling with it or maybe is potentially going to start one what's one tip that that uh, barrett can provide here definitely so if you're looking at us as an example of how to run a mem membership site so assuming you like the way that we treat our customers the way that we run fizzle don't make assumptions that you as an individual can run a membership site the way that we run fizzle we do have a three-person team working on this pretty much full-time every week, and we have plenty of work that doesn't get done on top of that. So um, I just want to encourage you to explore the possibilities of membership sites and not set expectations so high that you get discouraged immediately when you start exploring it. Yeah, thank you for that. Chase? I think um, one of the things, this is such a big project. Fizzle is so massive. We're trying to basically make the world a place where anybody can start up a business that they believe in, whether it replaces their full-time income or not, right? Just that it's it's a skill that you can have. 
a target that large comes with a certain amount of ambiguity, right? If we started this off saying like we're like Corbett's original product was start a blog that matters, right? And this this phenomenal, really really successful hundred dollar thing that's just a thirteen week get it done, make it make it happen, and eventually we pulled that into Fizzle. If it was just for bloggers. Or I think of another Fizzle uh, co-teacher, John Lee Dumas's Podcasters Paradise, right? If it was just for podcasters, it'd be really easy. Or if it was just for bloggers who wanted to learn how to write better content. Uh, what I'm getting at is picking a very, very specific niche, which is some of your advice as well, uh, Pat, and, and going with that, I've, I just learned this great, great trick that I think we're going to publish an article on it on Tuesday. Whatever your idea is, that whatever that, that wireframe or this back of the napkin sketch of what the business is going to be, whatever your idea is, take that, run it, like think about it as much as you want to, plan it out as, and then undesign that two times. Okay, go and take out anything that feels like it might not be necessary once. And then do that again, then launch that thing. Because when you get to market and sell and create, a, a thing that has a very definitive beginning, middle, and end instead of like the thing that your brain will naturally do, which is like way over-engineer this thing. Oh, right, yeah, this right. is my minimum viable product. No, that's like a four-year project right there, you know? So when you get to actually chew on the bite that you take, you, you'll be so surprised that you, that you can actually make sense to the other person on the other side of the monitor, Right when you know this is the outcome, this is a thirteen-week thing, or this is a uh, this is exactly what we do. It's just for this kind of person. Eventually, we can spread out and do more. The way that Harvard or the way that that Facebook started in a, one dorm in Harvard, and then eventually went to a few other colleges, and then eventually became what it is today. Um, I would de- I, that's most of what I'm coaching people to do within Fizzle, anyways, because that's just I see that as the number one reason why most of these ideas fail because yeah. it could it could totally work but you do not you don't have the firepower for that right now tiger 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 <laughs> love it chase thank you and corvette let's finish up with you um you know you've been on the show before i've i've been there to help promote you know how to start a blog that matters and, and think traffic you know i was there right in the first post in that roundup post that you had that that sort of that's right you know put you back off in, back in march of 2010 yeah dude it's so it's been an incredible journey to see sort of how far you've come and what you've been able to do and what you built here and and all three of you just congratulations on everything and, and to finish up i'd love to to hear from you uh one final tip to just inspire everybody and, 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 and get everybody excited about potentially. <laughs> no pressure. No and, pressure. Yeah, 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 just no, make it count. One tip. <laughs> one tip. Just to kind of bring it back to membership sites. You know, I've, I've sold services and one-off products and, and now this membership site. And I, personally, I really enjoy this model because it feels very stable from month to month. I mean, you can almost predict within $100 what our, our revenue will be next month or the month after. Um, and that feels really good. And it also, I also really do like this idea of having to resell our customers every month and remind them of what our value is and demonstrate it to them again. It just keeps our head in the right place, which is a really nice thing. Um, But I'm going to echo what Barrett and Chase both said as well. And that is that running a membership site and trying to produce content month after month to keep people happy and to, to make them feel like they're getting the value they need to remain members is a major challenge. And at the end of the day, if you think about it, you know, we have some average number of months that people stick around and you can figure out that there's a customer lifetime value of, let's say, for us, a couple hundred dollars. And so in a way, it's almost as if we're selling a product for a couple of hundred dollars. It just has a different architecture to it. So 
don't get hung up on this idea that a membership site is some ultimate, you know, um, you know, uh, panacea of, of perfection in terms of, uh, selling something online. You can do very well with a product that has one price tag, you know, that somebody gets in and, and tries out, uh, for a couple of months or whatever. So, um, the point is that you get something out there. We said before, a business is really simple. Create something that has value that somebody wants, put a a fair price on it. And most people never get to that stage. They, for months or years, have these ideas swirling around their head and they're thinking, if I just figure out how to game Google in the right way, or if I just figure out how to um, create the perfect podcast or whatever, uh, all my problems will be solved. But at the end of the day, you need to sell something. You need to put something out there, an offer that somebody can click on and you know enter their credit card into some form somewhere to receive the value that they're looking for and make sure that you close that loop. Don't get stuck at the beginning just thinking you know, of these ways to grow an audience. Eventually, you need to turn that audience into buyers. And uh, whether that's a membership site or an ebook or affiliate marketing or whatever, it doesn't really matter as long as you're delivering that value. Love it. Oh, that guys, was a good one. That, that was, was a, really that was a good great one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on and spending time with me today and, and the SPI audience. You know, a lot of you know that I'm an affiliate. So if you wanted to go through my affiliate link, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash fizzle. And... Um, Guys, I appreciate it so much. Best of luck to you, and, and here's to an awesome 2015. Thanks for having Pat. us, Pat. This was so fun. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much, Pat. We love your show. We love your people. We, lo- we hope we get to hang out sometime soon. Where's your next conference you're going to? Well, right now on the dock, it's NMX. I'm, I'm doing the opening keynote. So oh, hopefully snap. see you guys there. All righty. Oh, snap. All right, Turkey. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Corbett Barr, Chase Reeves, and Barrett Brooks from Fizzle.co. Some of my favorite people in the world. They're so fun to hang out with. Anytime we get to a conference together, we make sure to spend time together. And uh, I would recommend that you check them out. So if you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash fizzle, you can check out their blog and their membership site. And uh, I would actually recommend just doing that to go watch their homepage video about their business training and what they have to offer. Not to necessarily get in the program, although I would obviously recommend it. I am an affiliate myself. I'm a member myself. I've contributed a couple courses in there too. But the video that they created to help promote their course is awesome. It's one of the best videos I've seen to promote anything. And maybe I'm a little biased, but it does it does a really good job of sharing what their product and their community and the thing that they're building is all about. You can't help but laugh and be intrigued and be really interested in what they have to say. So check that out, not to obviously copy them, but just to say, you know what, whenever you promote something, you want to have that sort of feeling where when people are watching the promo video for it, or they're getting on your sales page that they can't help but be inspired and ready to work with you. And they do a good job over there at fizzle.co. So check them out again, Corbett, Chase and Barrett, three amazing guys, a lot of great information there. The show notes will be available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 147. There were a lot of things that Corbett mentioned there at the end, especially in terms of tools to help you out with building your membership site. I mean, Gecko Board alone just sounds like a goldmine to me. Uh, so I'm going to check that out too. Guys, I've, I've really been enjoying this podcast and I will continue to do it in the future for you. I know a lot of you have taken the information that I've shared here, the interviews that we've done uh, with other experts and other people and, and have actually taken action with it. And I just love you for that. I, I'm so thankful that I have an audience who uh, is actually not just learning, but learning and putting things into place to make change in their lives and the lives of others too. I mean, we're all here to serve other people, I hope. Um, but I know a lot of you also need a little bit more help. Uh, I've been getting messages left and right from people who have been asking for 
more and in, in deeper information about certain things. So what I've done is that I've actually put together a number of courses, and there's more courses coming in the future thanks to your recommendations. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses, you'll see a list of the courses that are currently available there or that you can sign up for the wait list for. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. Check it out. Thanks again for listening. Show notes are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash 147. Would love to hear from you on the blog as well. Head on over there and uh, leave a comment and let myself, Corbett, Chase, and Barrett know what you think. And uh, thank you guys. I'll see you in the next episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.